and just how can we constantly become better at this but really when we want to get into great relationships and really if we want to win at every relationship when I say win that means high quality relationship where we're grateful not only for these relationships but they're life-giving back to us and maybe some relationships won't be as life-giving back to us as we would like but the thing is we're going to have high quality relationships really when we practice servanthood This is Words to Live By, a podcast that serves the purpose to help you supercharge your relationships with God, others, and yourself. I'm Michael Gibson, and this week on the show, we're going to be giving you a surprising way that you can begin to enhance and supercharge all of your relationships as soon as right now. And it's something that you probably don't expect. It's powerful, and it's called servanthood. Dad and I are going to be filling you in on all the details on servanthood coming up next. And here we go with another edition of Words to Live By. It is your host, Michael Gibson, and I am sitting next to uh, Super Dad. What, what? No, what did you want to be called? Captain Dad. That's right. <laughs> Captain Dad. And I actually have a t-shirt now that has captain dad on it captain dad it makes yes. me laugh every time you know i get a little nervous before these podcasts especially like you know when we have big guests and uh but every time i say captain dad it just makes me laugh and so it settles me down because you can see dad with his fist on his hips acting like captain america <laughs> i know your fists are not in your hips these days because you're back Yes, I've actually hurt my back and went to the chiropractor today with my Captain Dad t-shirt on. That's right. And the first compliment I got was, I love that shirt. (laughs) So it's a good saying, I'm in it, Captain Dad it is, and I'm proud to be Captain Dad. Yes, well, even when your back is hurt, you are always Captain Dad. So Uh, This is when I wish you would have became a chiropractor. It would have been nice to have you crack me all throughout the day when I did this. I know. And, but hey, my back is getting better. I feel great. Good, good. When I'm sitting down. Yes, when you're sitting down. When yes. you walk, you look like a uh, like you're a like a bull rider that's just retired. That they're just all hunched <laughs> over and and uh, you, you you waddle like a like a pregnant lady. I do. I feel like I've had a bull roll over me actually. <laughs> With my back, but hey, it's it's a exciting day in what our podcast is becoming. I know it's been fun because we've had so many incredible guests, and um, we just can't thank these people enough for taking their an hour out of their day to. I mean, these people have a, they could really be anywhere they want, and they could be talking to whoever they want. But the fact that they talk to us just means the world. And uh, just as equally as we are thankful to our guests, we're also thankful for you listening right now because. Um, and, you know, Dad, we are halfway through pretty much our first year of this podcast. So uh, we started back in January and um, and uh, we're if we're not at the halfway mark, we're approaching the halfway mark very yes. quickly. And uh, it's just been a fun ride. And, um, you know, last night I uh, I inter- I sometimes I forget to edit these podcasts in time for Words Wednesday. And so I'm up like at 3 a.m. And um, whenever I get I'm discouraged, you can do that. I know. Because I can't do that anymore. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, you're asleep. That would put me out for the whole week. Yeah, but I just uh, read your comments and, and, uh, you know, just all your text messages and, um, and your emails, and it's just meant the world. 
So, uh, so all that to say, we're grateful that you're. Yes, and speaking of the world, we're having listeners from all over the world. That's right. The listenership has been incredible to see the growth. So just keep, hey, passing on the show, keep forwarding the show because I love getting text messages, emails of people saying, "Hey, I listened to your show, and I couldn't help but think of this person and forward it to that show." And and I love getting those messages to be able to really be a resource to help people. So thank you guys very much and just keep sharing it. Yep, we love that. We love that. By the way, shout out to all of our listeners in Japan. Uh, We love you and we see you and uh, we're thankful that you're listening all the way in Japan and hopefully dad and I can uh, make our way to Japan. Yeah, we gotta go to Japan. That would be so much fun together. Yeah, we could do a live. I'm ready. Words to live by in Japan yes. with our with our Japanese uh, friends. So yes. awesome. Well, hey, uh, so we're really excited to be able to bring a, a fun word to you today. And um, this is a, a topic that I have been avoiding to have on this show for a while because it's a hard one for me. And um, we're going to laugh a little bit about a story in just a bit. But um, and that is uh, the idea of being the chief servant in your life because none that of us is want to a little live. bit difficult for you. It is. It is. It's hard for me. And, um, it's a topic that dad keeps telling me we got to do a show on servanthood. We got to do a show on servanthood and I just haven't been ready, but dad won the draw this time. And, uh, you know, dad, you are a awesome servant and you've definitely well, modeled you. to me how to be a servant. And, um, and so, but it's an important thing and, uh, it's a great way for people to be able to increase their love as a marriage pastor, you get the question all the time. I'm sure is how can I increase my love for my spouse or right. my how kids? How can I make or, my marriage better? It's not going well. And so usually the first thing, and by the way, I don't think I'm very good at this either. And just how can we constantly become better at this? But really when we want to get into great relationships and really, if we want to win, Every relationship, when I say win, that means high quality relationship where we're grateful not only for these relationships, but they're life giving back to us. And maybe some relationships won't be as life giving back to us as we would like. But the thing is, we're going to have high quality relationships really when we practice servanthood. Yeah, you know, I like to think of servanthood as being the express lane to deeper intimacy with people. And uh, so you can jump into the express lane and uh, with servanthood and you can you can really go there with the people in your life. And um, so servanthood is, uh, you know, I've heard all the incredible things about servanthood. And and in fact, I I was just reading an article the other day that servanthood will actually positively uh, affect your health. And so um, it actually does wonders for your health, uh, lowers your blood pressure. And uh, so not only does servanthood increase your relationships, but it also makes you feel better inside. And uh, so, you know, that's... If it only had that same effect on my cholesterol. Yeah. <laughs> and my back. It does. It lowers your cholesterol, too. It does. Well, I need It'll to heal your back because that's got to go down. <laughs> I got to get my cholesterol down. So what can I do to serve you today? Yes. Is a big word that we got to learn to ask. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And what's amazing is seeing the people, because we always want to look at, all of us listeners here, you and I, is we want to look at how can we have a great life? How can we not only have a great life, but a fulfilling life, a happy life, a life with meaning, a life with purpose? And really, as I look through all of that, from a high quality to a life with purpose, it really comes down to servanthood. Mm -hmm. Because servanthood is really saying, I love you so much that out of that, I want to serve you. I want to make sure that you feel loved by what 
I do for you. Mm-hmm. And same thing, that's what God did. He, Jesus came on earth not to be served, not to serve, but to be served. Yeah. And so we're really looking at this model and we're looking at things where people are going, not another thing on servanthood. I don't want to hear about servanthood. Servanthood is really not my favorite thing to do. And really, it's not natural for anybody. Yeah. A life of servanthood is a little scandalous. It is. And it's as scandalous today as it was back in, when Jesus walked the earth because the disciples, they uh, they were asking Jesus, you know, what can I do to be the greatest among everybody else? And, you know, they, I'm sure they were anticipating an answer like, well, you know, I'm going to give you these special powers that you can, uh, you know, heal people right on the spot. But really, Jesus calls us to a life of servanthood. Right. Because we all want to be celebrities. We all want to be that person that can be up on a pedestal. We want to be recognized. We want to be appreciated. And we want to be respected in our community. We want to have that place of high esteem in the areas because of us, for me. My self-centeredness really wants this adoration because I want to feel better about myself. I want to make more money because if I get in a higher position, I'm going to make more money. Then my time is going to be much more valuable because my time is going to be used to serve not just to serve people, but it's really going to make an impact. I know it's going to do that. But then we get this word that is the total opposite of servanthood. When we allow this word to come into our life, when we allow this to come in and kind of take root in our heart, we can't do this. And that's pride. When we allow pride to come into our life and set in our heart, it's impossible to be a servant because we're always looking at how can you serve me? I'm above you. I'm above doing that. But really, pride is is the is the enemy of what we can do to be servanthood. Now, let me put this out at you. A lot of times, when we maybe practice servanthood, we think we're doing a good thing. We can become prideful in our servanthood, and because we're looking again for allocates or or things that what look at me, I'm serving. So as opposed to really, why are we serving? Really is not just to get points, what we're doing, to look good in front of people at church or to look good at home or in front of other friends, but really, why are we serving? Yeah, because I think a lot of people fall into this trap of, uh, you know, the more good I do, the better, you know, Jesus is going to love me, the more Jesus is going to love me. And, uh, you know, people try and play favorites with God by uh by doing nice things for people but really um in order for us to be able to receive more of his love in our life because that's really what we're after i mean we're after receiving more love because um you know we want to be able to have good relationships we want to be able to uh you know be more successful in the way that we interact with people in our lives and so you know one thing that um i learned from you dad is that um is that i i always thought that love was something we secreted in our body like, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I thought that maybe that's what no one really knows what the spleen is for. I thought, you know, assume the spleen was for, you know, creating love inside of us. But really, love isn't something that we create as humans. It's given to us as a gift from God. Right. And so we do that by by servanthood. And and uh, and so right, because his love flows into us. Mm-hmm. And that's why when you talk about. So let's just unpack servanthood. Yeah. Right here. We can look at Luke chapter nine, 46 through 48. And really what this is talking about, this is that great thing. Argument started among the disciples. And these disciples, they were just like us. I mean, band of brothers walking around. And of course, when guys start hanging out with each other, we start trying to find out where we are in the pecking order. 
and who can be on top of the pecking order. Because we see this quite common in the gospel is the disciples arguing. Yeah, and competing against each other. Yeah, which we learned if you read the last chapter of John. And look at how many times, because we found out who is really the fastest between Peter and John (laughs) in the last chapter of John. John made sure it was really well known to the rest of the world for until Christ comes back, that he was clearly faster than Peter. Yeah. Remember how we learned that? Yeah, we got to attend the Gateway Men's uh, Conference. And so shout out to Craig Rochelle, who brought this powerful word on staying in your lane. And so the disciples had a real problem. And that was something they fought is staying in their own lane because they wanted to be better. John constantly saying, I was faster than Peter. You know, the, the, the disciple that Jesus loved arrived at the tomb first. And I mean, just Which example after example. So funny to me. And yeah. because didn't that's so much like me. Yeah. And I would write something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I know a lot of people are going, yes, you would, Raj. Yeah. But really, let's just start unpacking it because we see that this is common throughout time. This is how we are. We're, we're in a world of serving me. We're in a world of selfie. Yeah. It's about me. So when we look at this, we see the disciples arguing again. And then Jesus, classic Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Now, the word for child there, the Aramaic word for child there is the same as servant. Wow. So that is the significant of having a child. Now, here's also what's significant about this passage. Jesus is well known in this region. Jesus is well known in the sense that he's a healer. He's a great communicator. He's a great guy to be with. And when you're with him, it's life-giving, where people are fighting close to be close to him. And now he brings a child. Because remember, 2,000 years ago, in a Roman culture, a Jewish culture, it was very much about respect and where you are. If you are a child or you are a servant, you were on the bottom rung of the ladder. So if you're in a high place, you had other people maybe on the next rung around you, which makes sense before the disciples. And now Jesus brings a child in close to him. Boy, would I love to have been that child. Yeah, wouldn't that have been exciting? That would be huge. Could you imagine passing that story on generation, generation, generation? Oh, yeah. Well, my great, 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 great grandfather was the one that stood next to Jesus in Luke. I mean, that was been huge. For him to come up, this was like seeing Santa Claus for a kid going, ah, I'm next to Jesus. And Jesus uses him and said, whoever, whoever welcomes this little child, remember that same word is, is the same word for servant, in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me, for it is the one who is least among you all. Remember, all. That's a big word. If you got your Bible, highlight that, underline it, highlight it in your new version. And all who is the greatest, because all, that means everybody. It doesn't just mean your circle at church. It doesn't just mean your circle at church, but at home. But when you go into different stores and you're looking in maybe different neighborhoods, you go into different countries, this all fills in all people. And sometimes we walk into places and naturally we may be thinking, wait, I'm too good for this place. As you know, how sometimes no one likes to go to Walmart. No. No one likes to go to Walmart. I hate going to Walmart. 
And by the way, I do go to Walmart, so I'm not slamming Walmart, but yes. it's just one of those places where I just don't feel good coming out of Walmart. I almost feel like I got to take a bath <laughs> again. It just it just is dirty. It, it doesn't seem like a f- good place. As opposed, to you go to Target, and Target, I feel energized. I like it, and because probably because mom takes me there all the time. I know. I'm surprised you don't have because you spend more money at Target. So I know. I'm I need stock in Target. Yes. Right now. So, but I Target has this more life giving circumstance, but it doesn't mean that my name goes up or who I am goes up because all of it is the same. Doesn't matter where the people are, that all fits in for all people. And so, really, servanthood is really developed by knowing where we are. And that really, servanthood really flows from serving Jesus first. Mm. That's where it flows from. And really, we serve we serve Jesus by serving other people, right? Yes. But when we're serving Jesus first, we naturally serve others. Mm. Because it's not about me going, ah, oh, I got to go serve this person. I can see they need help unloading their groceries inside the car. But as opposed to, Lord, what can I do to serve you today? Mm. And he may point out that person, go and help help them unload their groceries in the car because he may be setting up not just you unloading the groceries, but there may be setting up an opportunity for you to maybe just be in, you know, the hands and feet of Jesus showing, wow, someone really cares for me today. And mm-hmm. that could provide hope. You don't even know you're doing that. Or you may have an encouraging word or guess what? They may have an encouraging word back to you. Yeah. Because you never know what Jesus has in store for you. So servanthood really flows out of serving Jesus first. Yeah, that's a good uh, background to kind of understand where servanthood comes from. And, and um, but, you know, uh, Dad, so for me, one thing that is challenging for me is that it's hard for me to be able to kind of know how to serve. And so like uh, and, you know, we I promised you I'd share this funny story. But um, so when you guys are moving to Texas I dad's smirking over there because he, he loves I wasn't to, gonna be the one that pointed it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yes. know. Dad likes to dad likes to talk about this story. It's it's yes. humiliating for me. But um so when they moved to Texas, I wasn't really thrilled they were moving to Texas. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and um I just was like totally checked out. I was like, you know, I was depressed. Really? I was sad. Yeah, she were. And, um, so usually my personality, I'm a, I'm a, if, so if you look at my grandpa's personality, uh, there's, we have four animals, the right. lion, beaver, otter, golden retriever. I'm the golden retriever, yes. which is the more sensitive personality. And so it's natural for my personality. Whenever I feel, uh, you know, hurt by something or, you know, whenever I feel, uh, right. just not excited about something, I tend to clam up and I just right. kind of tend retreat. to retreat retreat and uh, so I retreated big time into my fort when you guys were getting ready to move and so I just had this internal belief we got to set the scenes so that way people know that when we move from Springfield to Texas Dallas area is that you were staying in Springfield yes I was staying because I was still in school yeah still in school so you had your family close to you so when your family was moving away 
That means your laundry, free meals, all those things that a college student needs was going away. (laughs) I know what you're really sad about. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I actually really do like hanging out with you guys. So Uh, we love having you with us. Well, I know. And and, uh, you guys um, uh, make fun of me all the time by saying that, you know, it's just the keep the gift that keeps on giving. So just uh, I tend to move in and I don't really leave very often. But uh, whenever I move in. But anyway, so I was upset that you guys were leaving. And also. I don't want to give too many details away, but I had an opinion that I really was, I, I understand that, you know, cause when you move, usually you get money from movers, but dad right. likes to save. And so, you know, you had a specific thing you were saving for. And so you decided, Hey, we're just going to do this all by ourselves. Yeah. So I was upset because I don't like manual labor. It's I don't like yard work. I don't I don't like that kind of stuff. And so and not to mention, I was already upset because you guys were moving. And so I just decided to completely disengage. And so um, luckily we had some dear friends, uh, the Salazar family. Shout out to the Salazars who live who listen to this podcast. And uh, if it wasn't for them, I don't think you guys would have made it because yeah. I Jason, just lifted a Jackson couple of boxes. And Cameron. Yeah, Jackson and Cameron definitely made that move happen. But um, I that was not an example where I was a good servant in that situation. And, right. and uh, it kind of all came um, uh, it kind of all came out whenever um, whenever the kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back was when we had moved into this house here in Fort Worth. Our new house. Yes. Our new house. Uh, Dad uh, had us vacuuming the carpet with this special. The stairs. The stairs, this carpet stairs with this special, like, it was like this ginormous vacuum cleaner. It was like a vacuum cleaner on steroids with water inside of it. And it was cleaning the carpets and it was heavy. And so I was cleaning the stairs with this thing. And I had my sister who's, you know, hundred pounds and, you know, if five, pounds. yeah, yes. maybe less than that, five feet tall, holding this ginormous vacuum cleaner. Why I'm vacuuming and hand uh, dropped it and it, it spilled the dirty water, the mucky water from all the dirt in the carpet all over the place. And so... And so dad certainly made it uh, known that you were a little upset by that. But, um, yes. but anyway, so. Well, let's, let's unpack all of that. Well, yeah. So, so the fact that now that I'm looking back at that, I've gotten to learn a lot. And, I've, and now I understand that if I would have just done these three things, it probably would have. I would have been able to plant a lot of seeds in our relationship. But instead, I, I planted seeds that I'm still uh, having to, uh, you know, face the uh, the the teasing and the you uh, reap what you sow, you reap what you the sow, absolutely uh, reap and sow. Yeah, but you've come up with these three different ways, and I'm going to give you credit for these too. Okay, on on how we can um, on well, how take we us can through them to serve. Okay, so the first one is, uh, you know, when if you're struggling with this idea of servanthood and you're kind of wondering where to begin, these three questions are a great catalyst to be able to get yourself into the position of serving. And number one is, why do I serve? We asked the question, why do we serve? And we kind of alluded to that earlier, whereas we serve by people, by serving Jesus and by serving, we get more of his love and we demonstrate his love by being able to serve to other people. Yes. And that's why we always want to understand when we're serving, when we're in the mode of coming to church and we may be serving or in the home, even though circumstances aren't good, moving is no fun. Moving is absolutely no fun, especially in the summertime in Texas. Yeah. Summertime in Missouri, it's hot. And so you're sweating and moving is awkward. You got to pick up stuff. It just speaking of back issues. I mean, it's hard on your back. Yeah. And it's and it's also exhausting and dealing with so much change. So but the thing is, is moving in is how do we serve? Well, why are we serving? Why did the 
the uh, Salazars choose to give up their weekend, really, of comfort, convenience, air conditioning, to move in a hot, muggy day in a truck, trying to move awkward furniture and scraping your knuckles. Huge furniture. Huge furniture, yes. It, it was a lot. But why do we do that and how do we do that to make sure that there is even joy in the midst of the servanthood? And it really does come down to is remembering, why am I doing this? Yeah. And when we have our focus on Jesus, Jesus, I want to love you by serving you to serve the Gibsons in moving. Mm-hmm. And then what happens next after that? So the second thing is we ask ourselves, how do we serve? And this is something for me that I tend to get a little, you know, uh, confused about because we all have gifts. The Lord gives us gifts. Right. And um, I love uh, the Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, changed mom's life uh, 15 years ago when it first came out. And so I can't remember how many, uh, I think it's like 700 unique gifts and talents that we have right. inside of us that Rick yeah. pointed out. And, and uh, so... Um, and so I, you know, I, I love this verse in first Peter I was reading the other day and I wrote it down because I knew we were going to be doing this episode. And uh, it says, it says this, it says, each of you should use whatever gifts that you have to, you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And, uh, so we have, we all have gifts and talents and, um, some people have the gift of being able to, uh, move and have the gift of strength. And so, you know, that could be a way that you serve. But for me, I like to serve in other ways. And so one way you that I, I've loved serving is, um, and I've kind of been testing this theory, is um, I have some friends in Springfield, Missouri, where I live, who uh, just brought home their new son from Ethiopia. And um, and so kind of in the heat of this uh, adoption, because, you know, you guys adopted and I was, you know, I remember right. how difficult You're it was. part of all of that. Yes. And I remember how uh, when, because people, when you, whenever you adopt, sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's not challenging. the same. As yeah, and people don't really think about it because you know whenever you go through a pregnancy, everyone's you know who's had been able to be blessed the with gifts that, and all of they those understand. Types of but when people adopt, it's uh, it's kind of you know they're just like oh they're okay you know, but really it's really as emotionally. Yeah, I you know having bios, having adopted, adopting is like ten times the change on what you're doing. So yeah. it does. There's a yeah. lot going on there. So I love to cook. I've gotten into it. And yes, so I Very decided, good at it. Oh, thank you. Well, I decided to take on uh, this. I, I wanted to be able to serve them because both of my friends work and they also have another young son from Ethiopia. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go over and I'm going to make dinner for him. And so I was driving down the freeway one day and I called them and I said, uh, they were right in the middle of their adoption. And, and uh, I said, hey, I said, what are you guys doing for dinner? And uh, they said, well, they said, we're not really sure. We're probably just going to go get Chick-fil-A again. And I was like, well, why don't you cancel those plans? Because I'm coming over and I'm going to make you guys a home cooked meal. And honestly, I I didn't do it for me. I did it because I wanted to help them and uh, and use my gifts and talents to be able to to be able to serve them. And honestly, to be be able to see how much they appreciated that it was it was a big deal. But um, how we serve is uh, there's really we all have a, a language of how we like to be served. Like, you know, we talk, we've, we interviewed Gary Chapman on this show and uh, he has that book called the five love languages. Well, really we've discovered that there's two different servant languages that we all have. And there's only two ways that we can serve really. And that's through time and that's through money. And so it's crazy because those are the two most precious things to us because we only have so many of those things. Right. We only have so much time. 
yeah. we can give, mm-hmm. and we only have so much financial resources yeah. we can give. Because even if you're a multi-billionaire, there's still a level zero. Yeah. And so, you know, you can still run out of money. And yeah. so, and even if you're the oldest person on earth, you still have that amount of finite time. Yeah. Here yeah. on earth. Yeah. So those really are the two most precious commodities that we have. Yeah. And so, um, you know, one thing that was my rule with this thing with, with when I was uh, making dinner for my friends is that number one, I, uh, I was the one that cooked. I didn't allow them to help because I wanted them to just take their time, relax and get done whenever they needed to get done. And number two is I never let them pay for it. So I went to the grocery store and I used my own money to pay for the groceries. And so, but really, um, when you're learning how to serve people, if I would have just asked you guys the questions when you were moving, how can I help you? How can I serve you? You probably would have told me how you wanted to be served. And I can tell you that you are a person of, you'd like to be served with your, with people, with your time. Right. So, you know, and then, but mom likes to be served with money. You know, right. she loves it whenever you like, uh, take the time to get her a special gift and, and, um, or, you know, when you take the time to fill up her gas tank or, you know, right. um, in fact, one time I asked her, I said, what can I do to make you feel love this week? And she goes, you know what I'd love? She really said this to me. Um, she said, I'd love it if you would just pick out, you know, five little gifts for Monday through Friday that, you know, remind you of me and, and just leave them in my, in, on the kitchen. Every so morning. And so, but that's, that's what means a lot to her. Yeah. And so, um, so those are some Trust of me. I know, I know, you know that for sure. And, uh, and so, uh, so that's just two, uh, ways, you know, that we, that we can serve, but that's, will totally uh, really set you on the uh, fast track to being able to learn how to serve is by able to just ask the person you're wanting to serve. Hey, you know, what can I do to serve you? And they, you know, when you ask people, they'll think they come up with the craziest ideas and they really uh, do. And, but that's a big question. And yeah. sometimes that's a fearful question for people because then that means, wait, I'm going to be inconvenienced one of these ways. Yeah. Yeah. And so just asking the question is showing your heart to know that, Hey God, I am here for you. I want to display your love through me to these people who I'm serving. Yeah. And whether it's going to take up this time, I want that act of time that I'm going to be serving to be my worship. Now, a lot of this is our worship back is really what it is. Worship is just not showing up and singing praise songs to Jesus in church. But worship consists of even our actions Yeah, of that and being able to do that if it takes our time or whether it takes our resources, we know that's going to be not just a servanthood, but also as an act of worship. Yeah, here's a good way of thinking of that too, is because, um, so I, I, to this day, every time we talk about, tease me about that moving story, I in my mind think, well, wait a second, I was serving because I, to me, I, to me, I was just assuming that the way that I could serve you guys was by going and getting food for everybody and running errands. And remember, I would go to U-Haul and get boxes. But if I just would have asked you the question, how can I serve you? You probably would have said, well, you know, can you put on a pair of work gloves and help us get this stuff in the truck? Because what I was doing wasn't helpful. And so, and it wasn't serving your needs at the time. And so if you ask these questions, you know, it's a great way to worship the Lord, but it's also, it just makes these people feel loved. And so, and and so why is it important to ask the question? Right. Because how a lot of it think is I would love to be served by money, but then when you go and buy me five gifts, I may not be looking at that as servanthood back to me. I'm like going, wait, you're not serving me. Yeah. Because my servanthood is, is your time coming back to me and really doing a, uh, something for me that's really gonna 
help me maybe like move the furniture. Yeah. It's what I'm doing. It's yeah. not what I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. And so that's why servanthood asking is a huge deal. Don't assume that you're serving by what you're doing because the person may not recognize that. Now, sure, they're grateful. They're going, wow, that was very thoughtful of them to go and run and get the food for us. He looked at servanthood. But really, when we ask the question, how can I serve you? Now we're taking away everything we have that we want to control and because a lot of us may not want to serve in a way that they really want us to serve. You did not want to pick up furniture. Mm-mm. But for me, I really wanted you to help us pick up furniture. That is how you would have been able to communicate your servanthood back to me. Mm. So let's go all the way back to the frustration part. Yeah. Because when we get into relationships, and we talk a lot about the law of, of sowing and reaping. If you want a great relationship, you got to throw seeds at it. you got to throw seeds. And those are healthy seeds. Healthy seeds are, are really saying, how can I serve you? What can I do for you? And those are th- thrown out seeds. And when we do that, then usually the return, the, the reaping part of it is people will respond back in a positive, healthy, joyful way. Because mm-hmm. they're grateful. They're feeling love through our servanthood. But then again, what happens when we start experiencing frustration in a relationship? Because we may be thinking we're throwing out the right seed, but instead it's like falling on the rocks and it's very shallow roots and it's not sustainable because it's not how I would really want to be served. So asking the questions, and so you think you're serving, serving, doing great, but then there comes a point of frustration. Yeah. With the, if the person's not really being served in a way that is how they feel they're being served so asking the question how can i serve you today is a huge question if you really want to become a servanthood instead of assuming what you're doing is really fitting their need yeah that's important so yeah i i can't agree more and uh you know so we talked about why we serve we talked about how we can serve but also this is a thing that trips me up all the time is when do we serve because, um, you know, I'm not sure if, um, if, you know, if you feel the same way, dad, but, um, you know, it's a little bit awkward asking somebody if you could serve them. It just is, it's just this taboo and it's just, you know, weird because you're like, well, you know, I don't really want to make it a big deal. Like for example, uh, when grandpa passed away, um, you know, we were all living in Houston and, and, uh, or we were all not living in Houston, what we were visiting Houston. And, um, you know, when, when, when like you have a friend where a loved one passes away, it can be a little uncomfortable that, you know, just kind of get yourself in there and to be able to, uh, you know, and to be able to serve them. But I can tell you that any time that you serve somebody, it's no, no one, there's, you can't upset somebody by serving, by serving somebody. And, um, so, you know, we, it meant a lot to us, the different churches and ministries that reached out to us saying, you know, Hey, can we, they just said, we're bringing dinner by at 6 PM. We're, you know, bringing Buca di Peppo Italian. What do you guys like from Italian? And so it was just, it meant a lot in that moment, but we have to be able to get over the hurdle of that awkwardness. And we, and we have to be able to look for opportunities of when we can serve, but it's our decision to look for those. And so, uh, mom, whenever we were, whenever I was little, my sister and I, Hannah, Zoe wasn't born yet. Um, she used to take us in Branson, Missouri to, uh, the Walmart. There was uh, Branson is a small town at that time. We only had one Walmart in town 
and mom used to bring us there and we would sit in our car and she would uh, say, okay, let's uh, look out and how we can be, let's be a spy on to see how we can help people. And uh, so we used to sit in mom's SUV and uh, just looking out the window for waiting for, pe- for somebody that we could see that we could serve. And uh, so it was uh, a lot of elderly people that were, you know, bringing out their items and, you know, you could just tell they were having a rough time, you know, walking and didn't have a lot of strength. And so we have a lot of those in Branson. Yeah. So Hannah and I would swing open the door, you know, crime scene investigator reporting style and, you know, run over to them and say, hey, can we help you, you know, lift your bags into the car? And and mom always gave us two rules. And, and the first one was, um, you know, we, we never took any money. Never took any, you know, because these little old ladies would be like, oh, you know, let me give you $5. But we, Hannah and I would always say, nope, nope. It's just, you know, we just want to be able to help you today. And uh, and so, and we didn't refuse a customer either. And uh, so, you know, we, we always asked. And uh, so those were our two rules. And I think, I can't remember, but uh, I think our record was like we served like 30 people in one day. And uh, just people that were needing help with their groceries or, you know, and it was anything from let me help you lift your groceries into the car. Can I take that cart back to the, you know, the thing for you, the cart stall. And uh, so when you look for opportunities and when you look for things like when you when you start to look through things in that lens in life, I mean, it just totally opens up your perspective. And uh, so when you want to know when you can serve, you just got to put yourself in that mentality. And believe me, the Lord will reveal opportunities to you. Right. It's it's a mindset. Yeah, it's a mindset, and what mom was doing, which mom is is a phenomenal servant. Mom is a wonderful servant. Yeah, yeah. she really probably models it, I think, better than anyone else in our household. She, she, she does, does a great job of that. And you know what? She put you guys on alert. Yeah. So this is what you guys would do during the day while I'd be like at work, and doing where I'd did. be gone on on a trip. Is she put you guys in a mindset? And when we get in the mindset of servanthood. How many times do we walk out of our house, out of that front door, through the garage, wherever it is, saying, I can't wait, Lord, to serve you today. Who can I serve today? Not too many of us do that. And so really what mom was doing was really teaching you guys how to get in the mindset of serving. Yeah. Because when we walk out of the door, most of the time we're thinking is, how is this going to be a great day for me? as opposed to what can I do to make a great day for someone else? And so that's a mindset that we got to work with. And mindset is very much what Christ is saying is, is he had a mindset when he came to serve. He served all the way to the cross. He didn't come with the mindset of going, well, I wonder what these people are going to do for me. And so it's just a wonderful way of mindset for us to move forward. Yep. You know, I think it's also important, Dad, that we address this because, um, you know, I think with our mindset, uh, you know, we, we kind of think of servant uh, servanthood as kind of doing these incredible, amazing things. Like, um, you know, uh, one person that I really admire is Katie, Katie Davis, and uh, her, she's now Katie Davis Majors. And uh, when she was 18, you know, we all know the story. Kisses from Katie. Uh, she moved to Uganda and sold all of her possessions and she uh, bought a little house there and she adopted, I think it was 14 girls. And so that's like an incredible act of servant of servanthood. And uh, so I think that we all kind of get caught in this mindset that if we can't do the incredible things, then we just shouldn't do it at all. But really when that, what we're saying here is that if you start to begin to look at your, look at your life and be able to look at the people in your life in this different lens of how I can serve, then the Lord is going to do incredible things through you. And through that, you receive more of his love. 
And so we don't do these. We don't we don't serve people to get anything back from them. Right. And Michael, that's so good as we look at this, as we wrap this up, is servanthood is what Christ modeled again. It's serving every day. It's not looking for the big things that you are talking about or just thinking that's below me. But what can we do every single day to be serving? Because when we're serving every single day, we're living out being more like Jesus. And that's what we're called to do. And servanthood is about modeling Jesus. And by focusing on him, we're able to serve him. Then we're naturally going to be serving others. And so what a wonderful word to be able to move forward in in our day today. As we're listening to the podcast, whether it's early in the morning, you get the benefit of saying, what can I do today to serve someone? Or who can I ask today? How can I serve you? Or if you're listening to this on your way home from work, and maybe it was a frustrating day at the office, and you can come home, walk into the house, and with the mindset of servanthood, how can I serve my wife? How can I serve my kids? How can I serve my roommates? Whatever it is. Or maybe it's late at night. And we can just get into our prayer time with Jesus and be able to thank Jesus for all he's done and just saying, Lord, how can I serve you? How can I serve you tomorrow? How can I serve you with my life where I'm at today? And you know what? Trust me, he will put that on your heart where you can serve the next day or maybe you can serve in the church. If you're not a part of the church and serving, I want to encourage you to do that because there's opportunities every church to serve. So today, if you're not serving, wake up tomorrow and make a decision. Have a mindset that I'm going to serve. And not only am I going to serve, but I'm going to serve through serving Jesus first and let that be naturally come out to others, people. You know, that's a, that's a powerful word, Dad. And, and uh, you know, I'm thinking about those people that are listening to us right now that are thinking, man, I need to do a better job of serving. And, you know, I, I just kind of live a life that's all about me. And um, I'm kind of the CEO of my life instead of the chief servant officer of your life. And uh, so, um, you know, I'm just thinking about those people, Dad, and I'm thinking about those people that, um, you know, are having a rough time in their relationship because they can't break down the barrier of of self and of, of self and feeling like you need to be on top the whole time. And so uh, we always like to end our podcast with a prayer. And so would you mind praying for those people? Absolutely. And also want to make one thing clear is that we're not serving to be saved by works. We're, we're, if we know Jesus, we know Jesus and he's Lord of our life is that we get the privilege of serving because of his love pouring out through us that we get to love others. It's, yeah. it's a joy factor. And sometimes that's a big barrier is, is we're not serving to get our way into heaven. That's a personal relationship with Jesus. We're asking Jesus into our heart because we know we need him. We're sinners through without Christ. We can't get to heaven. And so we want to have Jesus in our heart. We want to ask him in our heart because of our shortness for we've all sinned. And none of us are perfect. And so therefore we can't earn our way into heaven. And that's what we talk about grace through Jesus. And we're serving because of the abundancy that he gives to us. And to know that we can move forward to serve, not to earn our way into heaven, but because of this amazing gift that he gave us in his salvation, dying on the cross for me to experience him. Yeah. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for 
what you've done for us, Lord. And Lord, I just pray for every listener here who is listening, maybe just saying, you know what, I've been wanting to serve, but it just seems so inconvenient or the times aren't right. Or, or maybe there's just this stigma of serving because it, it, it knocks down my pride. Lord, I just pray you give them the courage, give him, give them the perseverance to want to serve, to maybe seek out servanthood, have the mindset of servanthood, Lord, or to fill out their card at their church to serve, Lord, where they can get involved and become a part of what you're doing in the church or where you're working in the parking lot of a shopping center. Lord, we pray for every person that's listening today, Lord, whether what time that you can put it on their heart, Lord, someone or something that needs serving. And Lord, again, we thank you for all you've given us in time and our resources. And may we use that to bring glory to your name. We ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, that is our episode on servanthood. And uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation, Dad. And um, we just thank you so much for taking your time out of your day to listen to Words to Live By. And uh, by the way, if you like today's conversation, we would love it if you would give us a five-star rating. We love those five stars. Five stars. Dad loves five stars. Love five stars and forwarding the podcast to your friends. Yes, we love it when you share the podcast with friends. And also, if you'd give us a shout a on on. Uh, iTunes, those comments that you see, they really do make the difference. They are very encouraging to us, but they really do make a a difference in helping other people be able to discover our podcast when they're looking for a new podcast to listen to. Also, Dad and I are both on social media. I am facebook.com slash Michael T. Gibson, and Dad is, uh, you can friend him on Facebook. He doesn't have a page yet, but uh, we got to fix that for you. But uh, you can add him as your friend. Yes, I'm <laughs> and, uh, social media challenge. Yes, but uh, you can go to my website, michaelgibson.org. By the way, you can listen to all of our episodes on my website, but you could also find us on social media. Our music is produced, as always, by our friend, the ever-so-talented Rob McLean, and you've been listening to Words to Live By.